Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 97. And you know, marketers ruin everything and how we need to be responsible marketers. Welcome to HubShots, the podcast for marketing managers and sales professionals who are using HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Look really good and amped up on those scones we had before, the passion fruit and raspberry scones from Baker's, Baker's Delight. Delight. Gee, we should get them on as a sponsor of the show. <laughs> oh, wow, that was great. So the sugar and, yeah, it was great. Ready to go. Lot, lots to cover in this episode, got to say. Absolutely. There's some exciting things coming up ahead. And let's start with our inbound thought of the week, Craig. I first discovered it as a video on the HubSpot blog. We're going to dissect this with something by Kip. Yeah, Kip, the CMO of HubSpot, he's basically saying how marketers ruin everything, hence the title of our show. And uh, yeah, it's kind of this whole idea of as marketers, we flog a horse to death, you know, something good, a new channel, we take it, we basically... (laughs) ruin it by overdoing it oversaturating it and just flogging it and so he's got a really good post around it and he and he kind of talks about how we've taken a few channels a few channels like the written content and um, email and we've kind of really ruined it for everyone as marketers and then he's he's got a bit of a call to action which is for the future channels messenger being a key one don't ruin it for everyone so yeah what did you think of the post the video caught my attention And then obviously I've read the post after and I thought it was actually really good. It's just highlighting things that people never think about because everyone goes, let's jump on this, let's flog it to death, let's almost rubbish it to a point and then, oh, let's now move on to something else. And I think as marketers, we need to be responsible about what we're doing and what we're putting out there. We've got to kind of keep our workplace clean. Yeah, it's about getting the balance right. Because as a marketer, you're paid to get leads or a result. So you've always got to balance that with being kind of doing what's right for your whoever pays your bills uh, versus doing what's right for the customer or the people. And increasingly, we do realise we're moving to a person-to-person approach in all areas of marketing. So it's almost as though if we do abuse the the end user too much, it'll actually um, be our, to our own detriment anyway. So I think he's got a good message there. And I'd just like to call out that we kind of, I actually want to take it a step further. Remember back in episode 92, where we were talking about, in our opinion of the week, just about being responsible, not just with the channels and oversaturating them, but actually in our targeting. Yes. You know, the, the tools are getting so sophisticated. It is, it is possible to target people that are, shall we say, not aware how they can be targeted and they, they're not in, you know, and they're not kind of able to respond to that appropriately. So as marketers, we kind of need to be careful that we're not abusing our position. Absolutely. So yeah, I'd encourage you, if you want to learn more about that, go to episode 92, shot number five, and you can actually get more information. All right, Craig, onto our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. We're going to talk about the field of change history in someone's contact yeah. email, right? Now, this is a I think you discovered this, which is really interesting. Well, look, it's not a new thing, but it is a useful thing. And so if uh, I'll just remind users of this, and it's actually not just contacts. I think you can get it on just about all fields, companies, deals, et cetera, as well. You can get an audit log of how a field has changed. And it's actually really useful. And I'll give you two examples. So the one is emails. So uh, there's good and bad situations, you know. <laughs> but we had this with a customer today. Uh, actually, it was yesterday. They, um, they had this contact come in and they put their name as um, Bill G at Microsoft, you know, Bill Gates, ha-ha, very funny. And they're like, how did they actually find out about this offer? 
And so then we looked at them and, and we could see they'd actually been in the database for two years yes. getting emails. They'd come through, but at this particular point, juncture. yeah, the content offer was actually really re- quite specific to the company. They actually worked for a competing company. They wanted to download it. So they just changed their name to Bilgeet at Microsoft, right? Put in a fake name. We actually could see who they really were. <laughs> so it was quite interesting that they probably have no idea that we can spot all their history. I'll give you another example, though. In Deals, uh, one of our customers, they have Deal um, Next Action Steps. It's a custom field. And each time they move a deal along a stage, they actually update that field. And what's really cool is you can actually look at the history of that and see, oh, all the next steps that were required for this deal to move it along as they happened, and you can actually see who did it, who made the change as well. So that's actually really nice to review back. So this is the power of HubSpot. It's, uh, that's not new. It's been there for a while, but for many people, they don't even realise that functionality is available. Exactly. All right, on to our marketing tip of the week, Craig. And now we're going to talk about reporting and Databox dashboards. So now we did talk about Databox in previous episodes, but what we want to highlight here is a post that they did about the 10 Google Analytics dashboards that have helped people. And there's a big number of people, apparently 550,000 people. And so why we're highlighting that is because there are these tools like Databox to actually get data in front of people that actually need the right data and give visibility to marketing activities that are taking place. Isn't that right? Yeah. Now, do you want to explain what Databox is? We love Databox, by the way. Love this tool, but uh, some of our listeners might not be aware of what Databox is. Let me give you a from the horse's mouth description about Databox. Yeah, right. Rather than make up my own. But you'd say it's a dashboarding tool in essence, wouldn't you? Yeah. How do they describe it? They call, Databox says it's business analytics for everyone. So they help executives, marketers stay on top of their business KPIs anytime, anywhere. One of the key things with this is I've discovered it. They've kind of gone a mobile first route. So mm. really getting all of those dashboards on your phone, even on your Apple Watch, which is totally opposite to a lot of people that we see. Mm. And I think... Like we've tested this out with customers, we use it, you're a partner. And it just makes it really easy to get data in front of people in a more real-time manner as opposed to go, okay, I'll wait till the end of the month and then I'll report to you what happened. It's kind of like what's going on right now. Yeah, it's really good. And it's, it's, what I like is shareable dashboards in a way. You can just share this really long kind of unique link uh, with customers so they don't even need to log in or anything, but they can see a dashboard, it rotates around. This particular post is talking about 10 Google Analytics dashboards. The thing I really love about Databox is they've got this template library. So you create your account and you don't kind of get stuck. I've tried tons of dashboarding tools. It's like, right, okay, template. Oh, I love that one. Bang. And it just pulls in from your data sources. Very usable. So you can actually get up and running within a minute or two. So anyway, Databox, we love it. Give it a go if you haven't already tried it. That's right. Well worth it. You can try it out with three data sources. All right, Craig, on to HubSpot sales feature of the week. And this is something that was introduced uh, not so long ago, and it's about setting up teams in HubSpot for easy allocation of leads. Tell me more. Okay, so they've, you know how you go into settings, users, yep. and you set up a new user? In that list of users, you can actually create a team now. Yes. So you could create a you can team. You group people together. Yeah, it's basically grouping people together. Yep. And the advantage of that is then in other parts of the, say, in the CRM primarily at the moment, you can actually say, oh, this group will treat as a group 
So allocating leads is one. So you know how in workflows or you can actually allocate leads. You can say this team gets it. The other thing you can do is control access to certain features. So you could say, yep, trusted BDMs, you can export data. Non-trusted or contractors or whatever, no, you can't get separate permissions. So it's a nice way of uh, managing those kind of settings. So it's just another step of making it easier to, to use the tool. Exactly. So definitely have a look and see how you can actually make your teams valuable within HubSpot. All right, Craig, on to our opinion of the week. And this is Procter & Gamble um, slash digital marketing, especially ad spend when they saw no side effects. And this is an article in Ad Age that was written. And I thought it's quite interesting because this week when I was looking at some AdWords conversion for a client of ours, I found that there was no conversion on search partners. And so I cut it, which has probably saved us, you know, $1,000 every month. Wow, it's almost as though you're focusing on ROI there, Ian. I know, it's fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> it's so rare in this industry. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I think this is what this is talking about, is that what are you actually doing? Are you testing and measuring everything? If it isn't working, are you too afraid to cut it? Or are you going, oh, I don't know if that's going to work? Don't be afraid. Like, things in the digital world is you can turn it on and you can turn it off, especially if you're placing ads on Facebook and on Google and on any other platform. Don't be afraid to test and try it out, see what happens. Well, look, I, I actually would, I think you're being overly generous to, to say people are a bit afraid to turn it off. I actually think they, most people don't know. They test stuff, but they don't measure it. So you need both. And they, quite often we go into uh, new clients and we look at them, they're actually not measuring or they're not actually able to attribute what is uh, the source of leads. So getting proper measurement in place is the first uh, part of the puzzle. Uh, what's interesting about this, the PNG um, slashing funds, is like it's almost been like a, a content marketing play. So I'm putting on my cynics hat here. It's kind of like they said, "Oh, we need to slash costs, right? Um, we need to turn this into a good news story for whatever their quarterly results yes. or annual results are." So they've turned it in. They've basically said, "Oh, we've slashed advertising and sales haven't been affected." And uh, I was listening to this old marketing podcast oh, with yeah. Joe and Robert yes. Rice. And they're kind of saying, yeah, well, let's have a look and see if that is actually the case in a year or two. You yes. know, it's kind of like it's really easy to say short term. Yeah. We cut back and then there was no effect, but let's see how that plays out. But the, the, the bigger point is, and as, as you've said, it's actually to measure. And if it's not working, cut it out. And there is a quote where they did say, and the CFO basically said, oh, we're sick of paying for ClickBot. Mm. And that, that exactly. kind of those robot, robot clicks. And that's exactly right. You do need to measure that kind of yep. stuff and make sure. Now, on the flip money. side of that, I would highlight that people are on a journey and they, they will be on different paths or they might be on that path. So in this particular example that I gave you was I actually said, well, if the conversion didn't happen on that, in, on that network per se, on search partners, but at ever... Uh, any time during the point, did that actually play a part? Like an assisted An assisted conversion, conversion yeah, right? Yeah. And that's really the key to understand, did that. So, I mean, I, I asked Google, I didn't know, and I didn't see anything that actually substantiated that, so I stopped it. And I guess I will see the results of what happens going forward. No, well, you're probably, you probably have much better visibility than most people. Yeah. Yeah, because you actually do get into the analytics and you can actually see that. And the other thing is, let's say... That, let's say there it was an assisted conversion piece. Yes. And it was part of it. There's still the opportunity cost that, well, maybe just keeping it because it does assist 
isn't the best use of those funds exactly. because there might be actually that budget could be applied to directly assisting versus marginal indirect yes. assistance. So you've only, if you had, you know, infinite budget, of course, you could, but yeah, sometimes it's actually not choosing something that's not working. It's actually choosing something that's working better. Exactly. Good point. All right, Craig, on to shot six, our creative top 10 of the week. Now, why we do this creative top 10 is to exercise our creative muscles and to push ourselves to see what we can come up with. Like anything we do, it's very easy to come up with five things. When you say, let's give me 10, you're really pushing it. And that's where the hard yards happen. So this week, we're going to talk about 10 creative ideas for using Facebook to attract visitors to an accounting firm. Now, bear in mind, this can apply to other businesses, but we're going to use an accounting firm for this one. There is a link to an article from Digital Marketer where Facebook updates to ads that have happened in July 2017. I'd encourage everyone to actually read that because it really highlights things move at an infinitely fast pace. And if you're missing the opportunity to use these new features and these new ways to reach people, you're actually getting left behind very quickly. Yeah, and uh, I'll come back to that that article at the end with a bonus tip all right craig so we've broken this down in a slightly different manner when we're talking about using facebook they're kind of like key things we've got to do first right we've got to do implementation so things are looking like your facebook pixel and event tracking so making sure we're actually tracking things correctly this is the whole part about measuring stuff that's happening number two facebook channels so we've got things like pages groups within facebook and we've got paid because as we know now we need to pay for stuff yeah it's kind of like facebook is a channel but within facebook there's channels exactly. so it's channels within channels and by the way on the page like putting a lot of time into your facebook page forget that exactly unless you're planning to actually promote that content right, to right yeah people. exactly yeah so that's really important and number three craig is paid placements and here we talk about facebook news feeds Instagram and Facebook Messenger. Messenger is pretty interesting, isn't it? So, yeah. Uh, number four is audiences. So we're kind of breaking down a framework for approaching Facebook advertising. You think about audiences. There's specific interest audiences. There's retargeting and there's engagement-based. I mean, uh, they're kind of the three we wanted to highlight uh, without getting too complex. And then finally, there's um, content types. Yeah, and we look here at pain point solutions. So things around tax savings, reductions, things that are more aspirational. So about investing, about Warren Buffett, perhaps. Things that are seasonal. You know, there is end-of-year tax deadlines, there's BAS deadlines, there are, you know, new tax rulings. And any upsells, any new services that you can help people with that they might be looking to actually add to ease their pain. Yeah, okay, so that's the first five. So I'll just quickly review. Implementation, get that right. We've got our channels where we're actually engaging the placements within that, audiences, and then the content types. Now let's look at, for the next five, let's look at some examples of those. Yep. Okay, so number six, audience example. You can load your existing client list as an audience to promote and upsell content to. So this is really key. Not a lot of people are aware that you can do this. And to do this, you actually need to, basically what it does, it matches emails, names, etc. And you need a list of 100 to get this happening. So be aware of that. If it's under 100, not going to do anything. And on you can do this on Google as well. But again, it's got to match a 1,000 names or emails to make this happen. So All right. So that's the audience, your existing client list, promote um, upsell content too. But based on that, 
number seven, you can actually create a lookalike audience based on that in which you could promote pain point content to so that you're actually trying to reach them uh, to get new customers. Yeah. Number eight, this is a channel example, is to provide helping groups. Don't just share your updates. Share things that engage with people. Think related content from suppliers like Xero, MYOB, QuickBooks. They're all great places. Or even client stories or things how you've helped clients and what clients are actually sharing. Number nine, a placement example. Uh, so take advantage of using Messenger as a placement. So we're mentioning this. This is for accounting practices where they're kind of looking for a, an opportunity. They're, they're kind of happy to embrace with the new things. This is new. There's an opportunity now. And especially because in Australia, which is one of the few locations, you can actually target messenger placements. So that's something to jump onto and try. And I would do it with a very targeted kind of like a timely update. As you said, super deadline, you know, for super payments or tax deadlines. So it uh, just pops in their messenger feed. All right. Next one is number 10, content examples. So share video, especially live video to both your page group with, for example, tax tips. And number 11, Craig? Yeah, well, finally, bonus one. Uh, If you're sharing video, so this is really around content example, uh, do it directly to um, Facebook uh, and make sure there's captions. And you've put in a link there to rev.com, just about a tool for adding captions to videos. So I think we've highlighted in previous episodes, a lot of people watch video on Facebook without the volume turned on. So captions actually become a really important part to get engagement with people so they understand what's going on. Cool. All right, so there you go. So 10 creative ideas. Well done. Uh, If you've got any questions about that, please leave us a comment or, yeah, hit us up on HubShots. Other HubShots group and, uh, yeah, or on Twitter. That'd be great. All right, and now our podcast of the week. And we're saying thanks to Databox because they produced a list of inbound marketing podcasts and... um, we were featured in that. Yeah, thanks, Pete, uh, for featuring us. And also Moby as well. Well done, Moby. On That's right. Inbound Buzz podcast. Well done. Good to see a couple of Australians in there. Yeah, actually, there were a few more Australians. Yes, there was there another was. Australian one uh, too as well. So I think um, Australia per capita. Uh, has more. <laughs> we've got more inbound marketing podcasts than the rest of the world. All right. On to our resource of the week, Craig. Yeah, very quickly, this one, an example of formatting an entire blog series. So just click this link through to the academy.hubspot uh, and they've got this series on a, a, gro- you know, a growth stack story, blah, blah, blah. But they've, I think they've got about 30 blog posts in this series. They've created a separate landing page just to kind of highlight them and put them in a yeah, series. Right. I think it's really nice, you know. It's just another format they're playing with, so we just thought I'd call it out, have a look at it, see what you think. Yep. And we've got inbound.org now have an iPhone app. They've got an iPhone app, yeah. So there you go. That's I'm going to go try that out. Yeah, no, it's actually quite nice. And then the next one we've got, which is called Hubstrap Landing Page Builder. And so this is a, another tool that someone's built that can actually build a landing page quickly using modules. Yeah, so uh, a lot of people aren't aware of the HubSpot Marketplace. Yes. Yeah, so get on there and check out. There's some really good um, templates available yes, there there, and Hubstrap is on there as well. It's really nice, really nice landing page builder. Yeah. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week. And this is from Damesh. Who? Damesh Shah. Who's he? <laughs> uh, that's a private joke. But anyway, he says success. So Damesh is one of my personal hero- heroes, he I'll just say. I, we all know that, yeah. Um, and this is a great quote from him, and I think we've heard this many times. It says, success is making those who believe in you look brilliant. 
I love it. It's all about serving others and making others look successful. And I think as marketers, that's what we do on a daily basis. And finally, Craig, our tool of the week. And today we're going to talk about Loom. And Loom is a Chrome extension that's actually there to help you create videos much quicker and much easier than before. What is interesting, I will tell you about this, is that I've tried with some people on my team that are not very technology savvy, and it's, they actually struggled on how to actually install it. Really? Yes. In, in what way? They couldn't ex- install an extension? Or? Yeah, because they, they were like, what's this extension you're talking about? Like, where does it go? Uh, okay. And then one person was using Safari, and they're like, right. oh, I need to use something else. Actually, like, that's a good point. I... Well, when we were putting this in the show notes, we just kind of assume everyone uses Chrome, but that's, that's right. That's right, and people don't. And people were using really, Safari going, how on earth do I use this? It yeah. was really interesting uh, watching two people on my team who are not very technology savvy, let's put it that way. They use technology. They had no idea, whereas you and me are like, oh, yeah, we've got this one click, we're done, you know, do do a few things. Yeah. And it just made me realize what we take for granted is, oh, yeah, that's really easy, isn't really easy. It's only easy because we do it on a daily basis. Yeah. No, good point. So anyway, have a look. It's a great extension. We've started using it and encourage you to use it and try it out and see how effectively you can use it, especially as things move towards mobile and people are engaging more with video. Yeah, look, you know how I use this, uh, how I've been using this really well? Because can you believe this? Uh, One of the people on my team, uh, one of my work colleagues, she said, oh, you know, we're chatting, we're having planning nights. She said, oh, it's like, um, oh, so what do you enjoy most? You know, what do you enjoy the way? She said, oh, I love preparing processes and documenting processes and checklists for doing stuff. I was like, what? Really? <laughs> Where have you been all my life? Kind of thing, because I hate doing that, yes. right? So now when we've got a new process, I'll just loom it. I'll record a loom, you yeah. know, and it'll be really bad, my recording. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. stumbling around. Oh, I think you do this, click here, that kind of stuff. And I just send her the link to it because it's all hosted on Loom. Yes. She gets it, learns something new, loves it, writes a process for it, and then it's part of our basically procedures library for the rest yeah, of the right. time. Yeah, right. So you actually kind of show her what goes on using Loom and then she actually makes basically documents it all. Yeah, because I, I actually really hate writing. Yes. Um, but I like talking, as you can probably see. <laughs> Um, so I just quickly, yep, and as it is a Chrome extension, so I click, I just record it. It's really bad recording, yes. right? And I just, yep, I'm, I go here and I just send it. So I, I actually find it's a tool that helps me not procrastinate because I always used to put off yes. doing processes or showing people how to do stuff. Just video it, send it off. It's really okay. easy. That's a great tip, Craig. Well, everybody, it's the end of our show for this week. Thank you for joining us. We would love if you could leave a review on iTunes. Join our Facebook group. Join our WhatsApp group. Please ask us any questions. If you need help with anything HubSpot or related to HubSpot or marketing, we'd love to help you out. And we're always here and happy to do that. Until next time, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.